There's not a lot going on with sports on July 1st, uh, 4th, excuse me. I know ESPN has too many networks and not enough programs. So every year, they make the hot dog eating thing into a big deal. But let's call that nonsense exactly what it is. It's not even close to a sporting event. It's a vile display of gluttony. And I've been involved in a few of those myself, but it never even occurred to me that it should be televised. Like, hey, Channel 11, I'm going to eat an entire eight-cut pizza myself. Send over Albie and a camera crew. And they're not really eating hot dogs. They're eating the components of hot dogs. It's not the same thing. Hot dogs are on a bun with condiments, mustard, relish, onions, Jalapenos, make it tough, make it spicy. Chili dogs. They should have to eat normal hot dogs with a minimum of two condiments. All I see is nondescript shoving of wieners and balls in people's mouths. Uh, Balls of dough, I should clarify. And then ESPN tweets out a graphic comparing the 11-time winner, Joey Chestnut, to Ali, Tiger Woods, and Bill Russell. F-O-H. I say it again, F-O-H. And the only reason Joey Chestnut wins is because they kicked out the Japanese guy, Kobayashi. When I was at 12.50, I hosted a wing-eating contest every year. Kurt Angle was my co-host once, and he said, This is disgusting. I can't believe you talked me into this. To which I can only add, It's true. It's damn true. Hey, competitive eating and the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Martz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815. For all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, wing bowls, wing eating contests. Uh, when I was at 1250, our, our station manager came from Philadelphia. And they had this huge wing eating contest, the wing bowl in Philadelphia. And they like, you know, pack the Wells Fargo Center to watch the wing bowl. And I understand that. Nothing's won in that building for, you know, decades. So why not pretend you won something by eating a bunch of wings? That's Philadelphia in a nutshell. The funny thing is, the first wing bowl champion was Kate Smith, the Flyers national anthem lady. She's dead. She swallowed an entire chicken, though, at the first wing bowl. A live chicken, whole, swallowed at one gulp like like a Burmese python. It was quite frightening. It's on YouTube. You can see it. Anyway, at this wing bowl, some woman this year ate 501 wings in a half an hour. I'm amazed that the top competitive eaters are often not big fatsos because 
I guess being fat impedes digestion or something. Who cares? But this woman in Philadelphia, Kate Smith Jr., no, no, it's Molly Schuyler. She and Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi are not fat, just gluttons. Wow. I would kill, kill for that metabolism. One of my finest hours, we did this wing bowl. Like I said, the dope that ran the station was obsessed with, he said, well, if, if they get people at the Wells Fargo Center to watch the wing bowl, we can do the same thing here. No, because we're not stupid around here. We're not going to, you know, buy tickets to watch a wing bowl. We're just not and didn't. But he tried to make in this big production. We would have like eight preliminary wing bowls to qualify for the main wing bowl. That, that's nuts, right? But so we would have in different wing places. And we had one at Hooters, now sadly closed, out at uh, the Monroeville one. That was William Penn Highway, Wilkins Township, technically. Now, that was a Hooters. That didn't close because... Uh, uh, people didn't go there because of, you know, bad revenue. The guy didn't pay his franchise dues for years. And then when they came a knock and he couldn't, you know, pony up the, the big bundle of cash at one time, so they took the place away and closed it. They had seven or eight at any given time super hot waitresses. They had a bikini contest there. Me and Pat McAfee judged. The one girl came on, on she was hammered, came on the runway uh, topless. They quickly pulled her back, you know, behind the curtain, but we had seen what we needed to and declared her an easy winner. But emphasis on the word winner. Anyway, they had these hot waitresses there and uh, they wanted to have their own wing eating contest. The waitresses. So we had one for them. There were like, you know, eight of them. And they wore their outfits. So it was going to be whoever ate the most wings in 12 minutes and 50 seconds because I was on, you know, AM 1250. They made one fatal error. They let me hold the watch. I made these poor girls who had no sense of telling time, obviously. I went over 20 minutes of them eating wings. And for whatever reason, they really wanted to win. By the end of the... It was like 23 minutes. They were sick. They were like belching. Like there was a couple of them were eating so fast. They were covered down the front with wing sauce and blue cheese, which was not an unattractive sight. But those poor girls, I just let them keep eating wings. It was perversely very hot, which is my favorite kind of hot. That's how I order my wings, in fact. Now they have mild, hot, super hot, extra hot. I get perversely hot. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's go to the dude at the bowling alley. The dude abides here on the X. Hey, Double M, you keep talking about this uh, hot dog eating contest and putting condiments on it. I was just wondering, uh, what are your two favorite condiments to put on hot dogs? Uh, it's a good question. Um, you see, I'm a big believer you shouldn't put ketchup on it. That's un-American. But I still do sometimes. I'll put I'll put if I put ketchup on it's ketchup and onions. I like the onion call there. But mostly it's just the traditional hot dog mustard, the, the spicy brown mustard. I don't like the yellow mustard very much, 
the spicy brown mustard. I don't put a lot on, but I like to take a plastic spoon and spread it evenly all over it. That's a good combo. What do you like? Well, I mean, I'm American, I like, but I like the ketchup on there, too. Yeah, but, but don't you feel weird? Not really. I do. People horrible. people look at you like like you, you're, you're committing treason if you put ketchup on a hot dog. And God forbid when you order it, you have to tell them what to put on it and you say ketchup. All right, I'm going to stop putting ketchup Put it, on like, 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 I go to Five Guys sometimes, by the way, that's the hidden gem of Pittsburgh hot dogs. Great burgers, but great hot dogs, too. And, and I'll, like, ask for ketchup. Like, I, the last time I got a Five Guys hot dog, I ordered ketchup and onions on it, right? And the kid right. behind the counter was, like, 15. He was, like, 5'5", 115, and he looked like he wanted to punch me right in the mouth. <laughs> that's not one guy you want to tangle with. No, I, I just, no, no, no. The big old fatso against the young, skinny kid, I can't win. If I kick his ass, I probably have a heart attack and die and look stupid. If he kicks my ass, he's 5'5", 115. And we all know where the best hot dogs in the world are, don't we? Bell Center, Montreal. I Next time Sid's on, Sid never eats junk food. He eats the hot dogs at the Bell Center in Montreal. And one time, who told me? Might have been Army. Might have been Colby Armstrong. That Sid ate some absurd amount of those after a game once. Like Sid had like a four-point night, and he felt like, you know, like he could get away, you know, with, with having junk food. And he ate like, maybe he had a hot dog per point. I'll ask him. And I know he knows. Because any sin, any transgression against that diet workout regimen, he wears on his psyche like a burning scarlet letter. You know what I would love to do? I'd, I'd love to I'd love to get Sid in therapy and, and sit in and listen to it. I think Sid would have some stories to tell. Uh, let's go to uh, Eileen in South Hills. Eileen, you're on with these super genius. Hi, Mark. What up? I just wanted to tell you they don't make the Snickers Blizzard anymore. What? I was here yesterday, and it's they have discontinued it. Uh, maybe they discontinued it where you're at. No, I went. We went to two different ones. Oh my God! Oh dear Jesus! I'm just like before you... I ever had one. Oh my God! It was it was the best one. Well, you know, you know. Have you ever had the M and M's Blizzard? I did. I did. I'm a big M and M's fan. Whole, I like M and M's cookies anymore. I like M and M's cookies. What M and M's isn't on their menu? Their menu outside menu. You might be able to ask for it, but the M and M's wasn't on the outside menu. Frozen M and M's aren't great anyway. Yeah, they they're hurt. too hard. Like they're like biting bullets. Now there yeah. was not. Now here's what might have happened. They had a special blizzard yesterday. The fireworks blizzard. Mm-mm. I don't know what's I in that, but maybe too. So I'm just saying it was two. Oh, fireworks days. Oreo blizzard. Oh my god, no, I should have no. gotten oh, that. That'd be, good. that'd be good. I like Oreo anything. I like Oreos on hot dogs, like the, the last guy said. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got John and Dan on hold. We'll get to them in a second. Dan calling from Tampa. Let's talk about Eric Carlson going to the Lightning. Get anybody you want. You're never going to win again unless you bring Tortorella back. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, uh, Mark, second time caller. I love the show. I'd like to talk to Mark about Mark andre Fleury. Pay attention, dumb skull, and talk. The X at 105.9. Uh, there's some uh, trade rumors floating around, mostly promulgated by the down-the-line media guys locally about the Penguins maybe getting Max Patch ready for Montreal. And I've said, I, I don't know how true those rumors are, I've I've heard nothing close to concrete. But I'd trade Broussard for Patch ready. 
Each has one year left on his deal. Each is at about the same place in his career. Pacioretty's a legit left wing. Broussard's a center. Montreal's really weak at center. Pittsburgh could use a left wing, especially a goal-scoring left wing like uh, Max Pacioretty. So if, if that offer, I, I wouldn't give up more than Broussard. I wouldn't throw anything in, but I would trade Broussard for Pacioretty. Let's go to Chris in Bethel Park. Chris, you're on with Double M. What's up, Mark? Uh, I'm just curious of why you think putting ketchup on a hot dog is un-American. Because everybody tells me it's un-American. Hey, between well, you and me, Chris, I still do it once in a while, but I people tell me, what are you doing? No, yeah, I'm curious because, I mean, like, on Snapchat, they'll have, like, a hot dog emoji, and, like, there's that red squiggly line, and I just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm curious. That red squiggly line is blood drawn from someone who tried to put ketchup on a hot dog. I, I don't know. I, 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 I quite enjoy ketchup on my hot dog. I don't know. I'm curious. Well, so do I, but I, I, bro, we're in a minority. All right. I'll, I'll take persecuted that. Persecuted minority. All right. Yeah. If we're on the topic of hot dogs, do you think a hot dog is a sandwich or a hot dog? No, I don't talk about that. It's a hot dog is what it is. But here's the thing about the ketchup. Here's the argument you can make for ketchup. I like onions on a hot dog. Onions and mustard don't taste right together. They don't. Ketchup and onions do. Especially ketchup and grilled onions. I've been, and boy, we've talked a lot about food on today's show. I eat omelets a lot, you know, protein. I started putting onions in my omelet. I heard that's good for your heart. So that's probably not true. But, but you know, I, you know, I like the way they taste. You know what else I put in omelets very occasionally? Here's my go-to omelet. You can tell it's pirate season. My go-to omelet is this place, Eggs or Us, right down the street from the studio here. It's great. And I go to this place called Mullins on the north side, too. My go-to omelet is some variation thereof. Bacon, hot sausage, tomato, mushroom, sometime onion, sometime jalapenos. I used to not get any cheese. But cheese holds the omelet together. So I get, I always tell them, Swiss cheese, put in half as much as you normally do. And that's it, that's the omelet. I'm starting to lean more toward the jalapenos. And I put Frank's hot sauce on it and ketchup. Uh, Equal parts both. Not much of either, but equal parts of both. If anyone cared about that, I'd be shocked. But it got us one step closer to the Matt Cullen interview. Let's go to Dan in Tampa, Florida. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Let me let me preface the conversation by saying I'm I'm originally from Pittsburgh, so I'm a Penn fan. I just take a local an interest on the local team. So I agree with you with the Carlson thing. I I would hate to see him come here because I think that disrupts the rest of the team. And if you look at next year after this season, they've got ten free agents going in the next summer. Uh, guys like Kucherov and all these guys are going to need money. You're going to bring in a guy. I think we can agree that Carlson's probably going to get. Drew Doughty money, which is $11 million a year. Well, and you already and signed McDonough, which could chase some of those other guys out. Exactly. So you're going to bring and then And then to- Carlson has to get signed next year. There's there's a lot of reasons to not do it. I agree. 100%. Although, if you do do it, then you got to win this coming year. You have to because you got Kucherov restricted next year. You got Brayden. You know they hate Kucherov there, right? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he no, they think he's a pain in the ass. Well, he had a really good first half of the season, and he definitely tailed off. Well, you know why he tailed off? Because they traded his Russian buddy, Nemestikov. 
Yeah, right. Well, I just I, I don't like it because again, you've got to get. I, mean, I still think they're going to pay him, but even if they tra- if they acquire him in a trade, you're going to have to send either Tyler Johnson or Andre Pilat. Like one of your co- two or three of your core guys are going the other oh, way. Oh no, I don't think so. I think you're going to no. get him for draft picks and prospects if they have a high enough prospect. You might Wait, lose one guy like we're talking about, but, but it would be one guy. And if that's the case, they're totally screwed next year with the salary cap because they're going to have to pay Carlson 11 mil at least. So, and to me, not it's no avenues for the Lightning make sense to acquire Carlson. And like you said, he's not really a guy. He's a he's a great player, but he's he's not like a game changer, series changer. Like this is a guy that you need to add to win a Stanley Cup. Put it this way: I know he was hurt, but in Game Seven against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, he was invisible. I agree, and pretty. I mean, he, and he did have what a broken foot or two in that series, but. Well, you know, I mean, you know where the best fit for him is is Dallas. I agree. I do agree with that. With Klingberg, go there. Okay. That that you know, yeah, they'd have him and Klingberg, right side of defenseman. That just use you know basically four. They could build things around him because Klingberg gets a lot of points because who he's out there with. He'd still be a good number two. That would be the best fit. Eric Carlson to Dallas. Let's go to Harry and Emsworth. Harry, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. I wanted to uh, comment on the big dupe, Clint Hurdle, and him possibly over that Dodgers series ruining two young pitchers again when he left uh, Kingham on the mound for, I think, seven runs when the kid's looking at, the kid was looking in the dugout like a fighter. I don't looking. think that ruins him, but okay. And then and then he brings in the, the kid after him, uh, his major league debut, I don't, I don't know, Anderson or Richardson or John. Well, they started the yeah, Anderson, was. Richardson, yeah, Ramirez, matter. Sanchez, Alvarez. Uh, yeah. And then they started the guy yesterday, his first major league start too. But but you think one outing ruins a pitcher? Because I just don't. I think uh, if you're a legitimate major league prospect, I think you're made of sterner stuff than that. Even sitting out there with just home run after home run. run. No, it, do, it doesn't ruin you. Got, you know, pitchers give up home runs all the time. Yeah, I... I just think that that's one of Clint's biggest chinks in his armor is what he does with the pitchers. Well, I, I think you could make that argument, yeah. Yes, but I don't think he ruins anybody. But I think the biggest fault with the Pirates' pitching failings is that once upon a time, Searage did a good job, and now he doesn't. Might I say, and we talked about this with Dejan, one of the singular most ridiculous management philosophies I've ever heard of in any sport is the Pirates insisting as a group that their pitchers pitch to contact. Look at Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole mowing them down, all the strikeouts in Houston, and they had those guys pitching to contact in Pittsburgh. And I get why, because it, 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 in theory it, it takes down the pitch count. You know what, if I had a guy who could strike guys out, I'd just say strike out as many as you can, as long as you can, and we'll pull you when the pitch count's too high. Up next, going to talk to Matt Cullen. He's back with the Penguins. Boy, I'm jealous. When my dad left, he never came back. I love this crowd. 105.90 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Super genius, how are you? Terrific. Did porn stars practice? Nope, they never have sex unless it's on video. The X at 105.9. Joining me now as he begins his second tour of duty with the Penguins, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the program center, Matt Cullen. Uh, Matt, I can't say as I saw this coming, uh, how quickly did you return to Pittsburgh come together? You know what? Uh, well, first, it's good to be on with you. Uh, secondly, yeah, it, it happened pretty quick. It uh, Honestly, we were home kind of 
expecting to be done. Um, and uh, just, I guess it was only a few days ago, um, maybe four days ago, I got a call from Jim um, in the morning just to kind of get a feel for where I was at and whether or not I was considering playing again. And um, after that, it was it was just a matter of a couple days. Um, just took a couple days to kind of confirm everything with the family and make sure that we were all on the same page and comfortable with it. And um, The decision was made. I mean, we kind of went into the summer just thinking, you know, that, really the only possible thing that we would look at would would be you know going back to pittsburgh um to finish it out there so when that came available it didn't take us a long time to decide it was um yeah it was pretty quick so no it, it's all come together really fast it's uh it's been a bit of a, a blur here now last year uh your wife wanted to go home to minnesota did you have to sell her per se on a return to pittsburgh how she feel about this you know surprisingly no and and, and you know I, I think that was a little bit of a well, it's, it, we all kind of wanted to settle down at home. It wasn't just her. It was we all wanted to go home and settle the kids down. And you know, they, they're getting older, and it's time for them to put some roots down. And um, and we went over that last year. And um, so no, it wasn't a sales at all. I, she was pretty excited, and you know, our, our entire family had such a good experience there our last time in Pittsburgh. So um, it wasn't much of a sales pitch, to be honest. It was uh, a little bit of the other way. The boys and, and Bridge were both. They were all kind of pushing <laughs> hard for it, and <laughs> they missed it. And, you know, I think that's part of it. Sometimes you, you know, you, you're in the middle of it and we played so much hockey in such a short period of time and it was all so intense and just no time to step back and really appreciate what a great setup and what an awesome, um, place it is and team it was. And, um, you know, so I think having that year away just really allowed things to settle in on what a great experience we had and how lucky we were to have been there. And I guess, you know, allowed ourselves to open up the idea of, of trying to do one more if it became available. Now, how do you feel things went for you in your year with Minnesota? You had good numbers. Were you happy with the way things turned out? Was it a, a good experience? You know what? It was uh, It was nice being home from the standpoint of the family side of things. Um, but as far as the hockey season, it was it was kind of it was a little bit of a tale of two seasons for me. The first half, I had a really hard time adjusting to the style of play um, with our team and you know the role. I was it was quite a, a quite a bit different than what I had become accustomed to in Pittsburgh and what I felt I was affected at. So first half of the season was really tough. Um, I didn't adjust the way I had hoped to, and it just didn't fit hockey-wise. Second half of the season was much better, um, put up better numbers and played the way I felt I could play and, and had a pretty good playoff series. Obviously, it was a short run, but um, felt really good about the way that I played you know, coming off of the first half, I thought the second half was good. And, and I guess to me, that was encouraging. Had the whole season gone like the first half, I wouldn't be talking to you here today. I would have been done. But, you know, the second half of the year was good, and I felt good, and I was skating well. I felt like, you know what, there's there's still some hockey here. And um, I guess it was uh, it was a relief to find it and, and, and play well at the end. So, no, I was I was pretty happy with the end. The, the, the beginning was, was a humbling experience. It was not a lot of fun, that first part. Now, you turned 42 in November. Is the goal to necessarily play all 82 games, Matt? Uh, what will your body allow, and are you the same player you were when you left Pittsburgh? Yeah, you know, I don't um, I don't know exactly what the coaching staff will want to do with that. I, you know, you know, my age is a reality, so I think that there's always, you know, a bit of a focus on that as far as maybe monitoring minutes or, or monitoring games played. I don't know that, I guess, uh that would probably be a conversation that Sully and I would have when I get there. Um, as far as my own game, you know, I, I, I wouldn't play if I didn't feel like I had the same game. Um, if my game was dropping off, I would walk away. 
Um, I've had a long career and I'm proud of what I've done, but I, I don't have it in me to just come and hang on, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I know a lot of people think, oh, it's a good leadership move and all this, and then that's fine, and I, I hope to bring that, but I really believe that I have a lot of hockey left and that, that I have uh, I can be a difference maker. Otherwise, I wouldn't be playing, and um, I don't have it in me just to come and cruise and enjoy a last season. It's just not, not how, how I'm built. So um, I'm back at it here training hard, and I, I expect to be, as good as or better than I was last time. Now, uh, Jim Rutherford talks potentially about a center moving the wing because the Penguins have five regular centers. Matt, you've done that in the past. Is that something you're expecting? Has that been mentioned at all? Yeah, yeah, we've talked a little bit about that, and um, it's definitely something I'm expecting, and, and I've enjoyed playing the wing. I guess, you know, that's one thing that I can bring to a team is a bit of versatility. I've played a lot of wing throughout my career. I've probably played more center, but I'm equally comfortable at the wing as I am in the middle. So, you know, they have four great centermen signed. Um, so I'm expecting to and comfortable with playing on the wing. I also know that throughout the course of the season, there's a lot of changes and uh, different matchups and, and the, the ability to change your lineup uh, based on matchups, based on injuries, based on, you know, whether somebody's playing poorly or not playing well. You know, I think that's a big thing that, you know, we can add to the team, and, and that's something that we had when we were successful. I thought that we were able to move guys around and find matchups that work. So I expect to play, you know, kind of comparably to what I did last time I was there and, and kind of be used in a bunch of different situations. And, and honestly, I really enjoy that. Um, I love trying different things and, and the challenge of playing on the wing or um, playing in the middle, whatever the case is, and, and what other team needs. We're talking to Matt Cullen here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Uh, Matt, I'm sure you saw some of the Penguins' playoff games this past spring on TV. Uh, what was missing, or, or was anything uh, really missing? I, I think they probably just lost to a, a pretty good team, as it turns out. But uh, what did you see when you watched? Well, I didn't think that anything was missing. I was really impressed with the way they played. And I watched a lot of their games throughout the course of the season, a lot of really close friends there. And, and honestly, I, I love watching them play. I mean, my boys are hockey fans, and I am too. And I don't think there's a team that we enjoy watching more than, than the Penguins. So we watched a lot, and, you know, I was really impressed with the way they played down the stretch, especially, and, in, in, you know, I was impressed with their game in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think they ran into a really good team. It was a good series. Um, I guess the big takeaway that I had from that is how close they were to actually winning it again. I mean, Washington goes on to win it, and that series was awfully close and could have gone the other way very easily. So... I don't really see that it was a matter of uh, running out of gas or missing anything per se. I just thought that they ran into a good team and they got beat, but um, they were awfully close to going on and winning again. So, you know, that was exciting to see. And I think that, you know, this summer having some time to recover and rest and let your body heal. I mean, it's not just for an older guy like me, but for everybody, you know, the amount of hockey that we played the last two years, um, in you know 2016 and 2017, it's it's a lot, and and your body needs that time to recover. So I think it'll serve everybody well to get away here and have a little bit of longer summer and and come back kind of reinvigorated and, and hungry to get after it again. Uh, boy, that Washington Pittsburgh rivalry is really something, isn't it? Uh, what's going to be like yeah. to get right back in the thick of that, Matt? Yeah, I can't wait. I, I you know I miss that. I really enjoyed that when I was there, and you know the Philly rivalry and the outdoor games of Philly, and obviously having one this year would be just would be so fun. And, um, yeah, it's it's fun. There's a special thing going in Pittsburgh there. You know, there's some rivalries, and I, I just think the game is so important there, and it's uh, it's fun to be a part of it. I I, I really miss that. I uh, I enjoyed it so much when I was there. All those the rivalries that have been there for a long time, and obviously with Washington playing as well as they have and going on to win it, it'll be a lot of fun to get right back into that mix.
Now, Jim Rutherford talked about uh, lacking leadership while you were gone. Uh, what's the leadership structure like in the Penguins' room, Matt, and what do you think you add? Well, hopefully I can just be another leader. You know, I think that teams that are successful have a large core of leaders. I mean, any team that I've been on that has been successful, I look back at my team in Carolina when we won and, you know, the years in, in Pittsburgh where we won, you know, we had a big group of leaders and, and it, it's hard for one guy to do it all. It's hard for two or three guys to do it all. And um, I think just the more guys that you can have that are pulling on that leadership rope to help guys like Sid and Gino and Tanger and you know, there's a lot of guys that do their part, but I just think the more help you can get, the better you are. So hopefully I can be another voice in the room um, helping out and speaking up when things need to be said and, um, you know, and help take some of the burden off some of the top guys because they, they, you know, they deal with the biggest, toughest matchups every night. They're the target of every team, you know, to be able to help to sort of take a little of that burden off of them. If I can do that, then, then that's a, a great deal. Uh, we both know the answer to this question, Matt, but the, the window's still wide open for Pittsburgh, isn't it? Well, I, I don't think there's any question, honestly. I mean, one, two out of the last three years here, and last year they were a whisker away from maybe doing it again. So um, I, I think when you look at the way that Sid and Gino are playing, and, um, you know, obviously Tanger is a fantastic player still, and you got a nice young group of kids around them that are playing well and coming into their primes. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, you just have such a dynamic group, and Phil playing well as well as he did last year obviously adds so much and you know you look at Schultz he's become just a stud defenseman so I, I think there's no doubt about it um Matty Murray is an absolute star of a goalie so um the window is very wide open I, I would say that yes now when you turn 42 Matt you're going to make some history uh, only 16 non-goalies have played in the NHL at that age what do you think that says about your career uh, well, I've fooled them for a long time is what it probably says, I guess, the most. But <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. It's, it's been long, and um, I've been fortunate to be around so long, and uh, that's about all I can say is I've just, you know, I, I look at it as a blessing. I'm really fortunate. Um, taking care of my body, I've put a lot of time into it. I've committed myself to, you know, being as good as I can be, but, you know, a lot of guys do that, so I'm not I'm not unique in that regard. I just I try my hardest, and I work work hard in the summer, and I do everything I can in my power to get prepared for every season, and you know, it's it's just been great, and I was fortunate to end up in Pittsburgh and have those two years that we had, and uh, looking to do it one more time. But no, I you know, it's funny; it just goes so fast. And uh, looking back on it, it's it's crazy that it's been this long. Now, you have never really declared a last year. Is this going to be your last year, or I figured you might hold on to skate with your kids like Gordy Howe did? <laughs> I scared my kids enough. I'm not hanging on for that. <laughs> no, I. I think this will be it. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see how the body feels, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm planning on this being the last one. And I know I've said that the last few years. It's just kind of the circumstances that have allowed me to continue to play. But, um, you know, I'm going to go into this one thinking that this is the last one and, and treat it that way and, and try to give it one more good run. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. Welcome back to Pittsburgh, and we'll see you at camp. Thanks. Good talking to you, Mark. That's Matt Cullen. I'm Mark Madden. Now it's time to Ask Mark Anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He don't do nothing but win. He just knows how to win. Super G, loud and proud. He is horrible. He is terrible. The X at 105.9. Time now to Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house. And it's located in the Strip. It's the home of the Super Genius Burger, so please do check out Chapino. 
I don't know where to go eat tonight. I'm afraid to drive into areas that might be flooded. Seriously. Looks like it's going to rain even more. Good God. Anyway, that number again, it's a long segment for Ask Mark Anything. So if you're used to being uh, shut down by a busy signal, now's a good time. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Brad in Pine Richland. Brad, Ask Mark Anything. Hey, Mark, do you think Big Baller brand will ever be a better brand than Nike someday? No, do you? Yes, I do. Why? Because LeVar Ball's a genius. He's an idiot, and his kid's a mediocre player. I think he's going to be better than LeBron in Los Angeles. Now, are you trying to just be a dink, or do you really believe that? I really believe that. Well, then you're a dink. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Mark in Beaver Falls. Mark, ask Mark anything. Mark, how are you doing today? Good. Hey, hey, I was wondering, have you ever considered or been offered any job as a commentator or play-by-play for any major sports in Pittsburgh? I would love to hear No, that. why would I want to do that? That's not my gig. That's not, not what I'm trained to do or experienced at doing. Okay. Don't uh, forget, every hey, color guy is going to be an athlete, an ex-player, and every... Play-by-play guy is going to be a play-by-play guy, which I am not. Okay. Thank you for the call. You know, uh, for that guy and for others who might, you know, be thinking about me branching out in various different career paths at this point, I'm 57. I'm just going to do this till I die. I have no desire to even get back into stuff I, like, like, if I had a chance to work wrestling again, I wouldn't. Too much travel, too much trouble. Unless they overwhelmed me with money, which they are simply not going to do. Let's go to Dave in Wexford. Dave, ask Mark anything. What's up, man? What up? Hey, Mark, I just, it's actually not a question. I just wanted to compliment you. I enjoy listening to your show. I'm on my way home from work. But the best part is always when you do your interviews. I just heard the Colin interview. Good interview. I enjoyed the interview. Okay, your phone stinks, but thank you for the compliment. I I prepare quite a bit for interviews. Some people don't like my interview style. They say, well, he clearly has a list of questions prepared, and he's just reading from those. No kidding? You figured that out, did you? That's what you do when you do good interviews. Exactly what you do. I wonder if McKnight Road's open yet. It was, it was like, I, I went to the dry cleaners out on McKnight today. And I don't know why, I, I kind of blanked. I went through Millville, which had all kinds of flooding issues. So I had to take all these detours. As it turns out, if I hadn't gone that way, I would have never got to the dry cleaners because McKnight, which in theory would have been easier, was closed going north. I guess, it, I guess it's open now. Not sure what I should do, where I should go. Maybe I just go home. When you're 57, that option is going home. Well, that gets better and better. Let's go to Squash in Oakland. Squash, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, just wondering who do you think deserves to wear the number seven of the new acquisitions, uh, Johnson or Cullen, and then whoever gets the seven, what number should the other one use? I already know the answer. Cullen will be wearing number seven. And Jack Johnson will be wearing number 73, which is a combination of his two numbers he'd worn in his career, 7 and 3. Okay, that's all I need. Thanks, man. 
Yeah, I never thought that number thing was that big a deal anyway, unless you're a legendary player wearing a legendary number. Other than that, just take what number they give you. When I coached hockey, I would get jerseys 1 through 20. I always said, if you want to wear 87, be as good as Crosby. I'll let you know when that happens. Let's go to Jake and McKee's Rocks. Jake, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hey, Jake. Hey, I just want to let you know, man, you are top dog when it comes to radio, but you're tied with someone. There's another guy that I like, and I just need to know your opinion on this guy. Who's that? Pharrell on the bench. Oh, Scott's really good. So you like him then? Yeah, he does a national show, and that's a little different to do with a local show. He's a Mount Lebanon guy. The only thing about Scott is, when I listen to Scott, Scott's on CBS Radio late night, right? Yes, sir. Scott has too much gambling talk now. Yeah, he does. He gambles a lot, lot so he talks a lot about gambling, and I don't begrudge him that. I'm just not interested in in NBA gambling talk. When Scott does that, I switch the station. Other than that, I'm a faithful listener. And people who do that with me when I get into something they're not interested in, I don't blame them at all. You should always listen to something that interests you. Let's go to Nick in Monroeville. Nick, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Yes. So over or under, let's put it at 170, how many times did the Greta Van Fleet kid say you know during his uh, interview? Uh, I think it was approximately the number of times that he's got laid more than you in your long life and in his short life. So chances <laughs> are it's probably in, in the thousands somewhere. Does that ring a bell I, at all? I doubt that. I doubt oh, no, that. I don't doubt it at all. Believe me, that kid's out there crushing it. He's a rock and roll star. All the girls want him. He's making big money. And you're just some dipstick from Monroeville who's a loser and does nothing. And as if to prove you do nothing, you called a talk show blaming, uh, criticizing a kid you're obviously jealous of. You know, bro? You know? Do you know that you're a loser, bro? You know? You know? You know? He is a loser. (laughs) No, no, you're the loser. Believe me, the kid in the rock band writing great songs Selling out concerts and getting mad trim is not the loser. The guy from Monroeville is the loser. You're the loser. And now you get to lose one more time as I hang up on you. Goodbye. That just kills me, you know? I mean, that guy, you know, from Monroeville, you know? Total loser, you know? Jealous of the 22-year-old kid, you know? Who's in a big-time rock band, you know? And gets laid all the time, you know? I mean, that guy's wife, you know, should leave him. His daughter. His daughter and wife would do a three-way with Jake Kiska and make him watch. And he wouldn't be man enough to do anything because they don't have men running Monroeville. They just don't. they got a pretty good steakhouse, I heard, but not men. Let's go to Jeff on the north side. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Hey, what's up, brother? Um, do you dig, like, any funk, funk, anything besides metal? I'm not just a metal fan. What would give you that indication? Well, no, I, I know no, you. No, I, 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 I was a fan of the Sex Pistols. The Ramones oh, cool. didn't like the Clash at all. Too pretentious. Uh, loved the wow. Dead Boys. So there's your punk representation. As far as funk, like, go, as far oh. as funk goes, James Brown. I met James Brown. Cool. So you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I am very eclectic when it comes to music. I mean, I like the hard stuff more than the soft stuff, but uh, I like a lot of different genres, as they say. Let's talk to Jordan in Penn Hills. Jordan, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. What up? Um, I wanted to ask you, like, 
what is, what do you think the greatest like transaction in sports? Like LeBron went to the Lakers, so like, and in any sport, like, what is the best move? Well, that, that, like, that's free agency, bro. That that was him making a choice. So I don't see that's necessarily shocking. Do you? Well, like, do you like any like any in, like a trade or the like most significant like, trade in sports history? And it was a sale. Was Babe Ruth getting sold by the Red Sox to the Yankees in 1920? That changed baseball forever. I know you never even heard of that. Probably only have a vague idea who Babe Ruth was, but I, I know who he is. Okay, who is he? He's a baseball player. He played for the Yankees. And... I just told you that. How many how many home runs did he hit on his career? I know his last home run was against the Pirates. Okay, how many did he hit on his career? Uh, I'll say like six hundred. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good guess. Thanks. trade's bigger. I wish that guy would have called at 5 o'clock. That would have been a good way to kill an hour. I think that's the biggest transaction in sports history. Babe Ruth to the Yankees. Good talk. See you out there. Pirates stink. 105.98.